about like this is the first time in what three weeks that we're not recapping the postseason games that just happened or previewing the postseason games that are about to happen what do you want to do do you just want to sit here and stare into each other's souls for 45 minutes well we could do that off camera but i feel like we should use this opportunity to talk about defense that's the just so baseball stupid. the just baseball <laughs> gold glove awards Brought to you by Jack McMullen and Peter Apple. I'd like to preface this episode with, I hate doing this. I hate evaluating defense because you could go through all the numbers, right? Defensive runs saved, outs above average, UZR, defensive war. I think it's all a bunch of baloney. I don't think any of these numbers actually make any sense to me. Like I could give you the definition and some of the numbers are right. But was Jonathan Scope the best defender in Major League Baseball history? Probably not. Maybe. But by the numbers, he looks like it. I've watched enough Tigers games. I didn't see Jonathan Scope look, jump off the page and think to myself, wow, what an amazing defender. I didn't. But he's probably going to win the gold glove and he deserves it. And we're going to talk about it. But like, I don't believe in any of the numbers. So, historically speaking, the gold glove has been the crappiest barometer of good play. And we've noted that on this podcast several times. I mean, I know Aram brought up Rafael Palmero winning the gold glove when he played about 35 games at first base and DH'd for the majority of the year. It's a narrative award, which is why we're going to get to Juan Soto being a finalist for the NL gold glove in right field. We'll get to some other guys that just have no business being in the top three notable omissions that were great. But again, how do we tell you that they're great? We tell you by saying their defensive runs saved were sky high or their outs above average was top flight or their ultimate zone rating was awesome or their range factor was elite. I, I, I mean... There needs to be this blend of that guy's sick and yeah. his UZR is sick. In yeah. order to be considered a good defender nowadays, which is weird. The common words you're going to hear in this podcast is that guy can pick it. He's got a <laughs> sick glove. Smooth. Um, smooth. Silky. Fast. Velvety. Fast. Velvety. <laughs> Just yeah. fast. Rangy. Yeah, like uh, when, you you know, you go through the numbers and, you know, some of these guys, they'll have like 20 defensive runs saved and four outs above average. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, or their ultimate zone rating will be in the negative, but they have 10 outs above average. Yeah. Their defensive war will be in the negative. Were they good defenders because they had four defensive runs saved? What does that even mean? None of it means anything, but here it is. <laughs> so we looked at the weird numbers so you don't have to. And we're yes. going to give you the three finalists at each position of the American League and the National League, uh, including pitcher, including utility for the first mm-hmm. time, which is cool. 
And, and we're going to tell you who we think should win based on deciphering those numbers and who's sick and velvety and fast and shit. Uh, but in a very just baseball way, we needed to enhance this so it's not just reading fan graphs and regurgitating that for 40 minutes. So what we did is we added another wrinkle and we saw all those numbers and we decided, okay, you sort best to worst. Let's click it again and let's sort worst <laughs> to best a little bit. So we've got the gold glove who we think just baseball, who just baseball thinks should win the gold glove. But we also have the just baseball tinfoil glove, which goes to the worst defender at each position in each league. Naturally, we tried to make it more fun. And just so you know how well they did with the finalists, one of the finalists for the award is our tinfoil award winner <laughs> because he sucked and he has no, there's no way he should be a gold glove award finalist. And just to give you, you know, I remember we were talking about Isaiah kind of Falefa, right? About his defense, how he had 10 defensive runs saved, but he was also in the 19th percentile and that's above average. He actually had a negative defensive war. With my eyes, I saw a bad defender, but he had 10 defensive runs saved. I don't know what any of these numbers mean. But we're going to read them to you. And we're also <laughs> vernacular that a common frat bro might use. I was just um, I was just having a phone call with a buddy while I was driving from Chicago to Indy earlier today. And, and we were having the same conversation because we both are so heavily invested into the start of the NBA season. It's really fun. Right before we started recording, I was watching the first quarter of uh, Pistons Wizards because I'm super interested in Jaden Ivey and fucking Jalen Duran. And we were saying, oh, my gosh, we love it. But then when we get to talking about things like bird rights and stipend rules and, and you know, super max versus max, we've got no idea what we're talking about. But it's kind of fun to try and figure out. So here we are trying to figure out defense. Cool. Cool. All right. Uh, let's start with the catching position. We're going to go National League, then American League. I'm going to give the three finalists. You give the winner. I'll give the tinfoil glove. Cool. Perfect. Three finalists that were announced by Major League Baseball for the NL Gold Glove behind the plate. Atlanta's Travis Darno, Tomas Nito with the Mets, and JT Realmuto with the Phillies. Peter, who is Just Baseball's NL Gold Glove award-winning catcher? Just Baseball's NL Gold Glove award-winning catcher is JT Realmuto of the Philadelphia Phillies. He was top 10 in baseball prospectuses. Um, catcher framing metrics, which are really fancy. He led qualified catchers with a 44% caught stealing rate, and he had the fastest pop time at 1.82. I'm glad we started with him because with my eyes, I can tell that J.J. Ramuto <laughs> is the best catcher, which is more important than any of those fucking numbers because when I watch J.J. Ramuto, he's as silky as possible. <laughs> he's great behind the plate. He can frame anything, and you can tell also that he has been a big you know, reason why the Phillies this year with some less than ideal names, maybe in the back end of the bullpen or some of their starting pitchers who just have a lack of stuff overall can trust in JT Ramuto, who remains one of the best overall catchers in baseball, probably the best catcher in baseball. We'd have to go back on it and we're going to do that in the offseason. But JT Ramuto. you're the you're the winner of the gold glove. Shit. I mean, we might be doing it tomorrow with all MLB's first team. That, that we're going to do so we're we're talking best catcher in baseball at, at that point so we got to come to a conclusion in about 24 hours here but yeah i mean jay tirio muto is one of the better game on field managers that baseball has right it feels like the collective heart rate of the philadelphia phillies 
goes down a little bit. And, and it should be high because that's not a good defensive team. Again, they got better at the deadline, but coming into the year, the whole thing was they're not going to catch a fly ball. <laughs> like, and and JT, I think, gives them that confidence that, well, well the pitching, it's going to be a well-called game or base runners are going to second guess. He gives them some leeway defensively. Pop time's a great one because pop, pop time is very easy to, to compute and, and fathom. It is pop of the catcher's mitt to pop of the guy covering second base or third base. And JT Real Muto gets the ball from his glove to the other guy's glove faster than any other catcher in baseball. There you go. JT Real Muto. It's also impossible kind of to evaluate a catcher and, one more wrinkle to the catching position. If robot umpires start to get added, then the idea of framing metrics goes away. goes away. I mean, how important is it to frame if the balls and strikes are being called by a robot? Makes pop time all the more important. Blocking. Um, our our tinfoil glove behind the plate in the National League, San Diego's Austin Nola. Nola opponents were 56 for 64 in the stolen base department against Austin Nola. How crazy is that? I will put a lot of that blame on you, Darvish. <laughs> because you, Darvish, no, that's why <laughs> I'm not putting all the blame on you, Darvish. I'm putting a lot of the blame on you, Darvish, because have you seen how slow Darvish is to yes. the plate? Yes. That's got to be, you know, at least Warbers somewhat of a factor here. But yeah, Austin Nola not good defensively maybe he is maybe the numbers lie i don't know so not only was he piss poor in catching runners he was also obviously piss poor in pop time uh and he was piss poor in the framing metrics so there you go american your league, word for it what i'll take you at your word for it yeah uh american league um finalists behind the plate were oakland's sean murphy the yankees jose trevino and Seattle's Cal Raleigh. Before we get to who should win, there was a very notable omission, and that was the Rangers' Jonah Heim, who we know, we've documented well, is one of the best framers in all of baseball. Absolutely. He deserves to be on here. Um, and I'd probably take out Sean Murphy of all these guys. But He's regardless. Badass, dude. Yeah, big booty. <laughs> Dale Catcher, Gold Glove Award winner. Jose Trevino of the New York Yankees. He was by far the best pitch framer. It wasn't even close. And he was second in caught ceiling percentage among catchers who played at least 100 games. Great pop time. He's also, I, we're bringing the eye test into every one of these guys because what, <laughs> what else? I don't know if the numbers are true. I mean, no. they seem true, but I don't really believe them. Yeah. One of the only catchers who I've ever watched as a Yankee fan who I could see the framing metrics at work. The amount of strikes this guy stole was incredible. And one more thing about catchers, too, uh, when we were talking to Ryan LaVarnway, um, who's been a catcher in Major League Baseball for over a decade, he said that a lot of these front offices evaluate stealing strikes. Like, for every three strikes you steal, it's the equivalent of an RBI. Know, That's yeah, how important yeah. it is oh, to wow. front offices. So that, that level of framing from Jose Trevino was incredibly valuable for the Yankees all season long and was definitely a reason why we saw how great the pitching was in the first half of the season. Jose Trevino can't solve Frankie Montas if his stuff just sucks, yeah. but that's for another time. Well, and he can enhance the staff, right? He, he can help out Jamison Tyone big time, and he can help Nestor Cortez take 
that massive leap forward. And, and he can even help a Domingo Herman be very serviceable for the New York Yankees. So, yeah, he was an enhancer, much like JT Realmute. So uh, I'm with you. The worst defensive catcher in the American League was Baltimore's Robinson Chirinos. I like so you say far and away the best framer was Trevino. Far and away the worst framer was Robinson Chirinos. It's a good thing that they've got that guy that went one one in 2019 uh, ready to go for the next decade because Robinson Chirinos will either be DHing or will be a Norfolk Tide. I would lean till Norfolk Tide because if you want him in the DH role, he can't hit so. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be a big part of the Baltimore Orioles success in 2023. Uh, one more thing that I thought was cool was in the all-star game when we heard the dialogue in between pitchers and catchers and uh, Jose Trevino was great, but it was just all catchers hearing that back and forth was awesome. Yes. Um, just seeing how they communicate between each other is, is great insight. And I hope they continue that in the all-star game. Yeah. Okay. So question for you, Pitchcom, what voice would you want? Would you want your catcher to record their voice saying these things? Would you want Siri telling you these things? Would you want one of those programmed Garmin voices telling you this? I'm going to go out on a limb. I want Boog Shambi doing it. You want Boog Shambi. Okay. I was thinking Matthew McConaughey or oh. like, it, think about if you could get something like that. Yeah. That or you. Awesome. I like your voice. Thanks. <laughs> I would go with you. Now I decided. I appreciate that. Um, all right. First base in the National League, the three finalists, Paul Goldschmidt with the Cardinals, Arizona's Christian Walker, uh, and Atlanta's Matt Olson, who is, you know, one of the better defensive first basemen in all of baseball. But the gold glove winner should be Christian Walker of the Arizona Diamondbacks. He was first in every single of these metrics that you can find from defensive war to outs above average and defensive runs saved. And it wasn't even all that close. Here's one thing I do remember about Christian Walker, which doesn't help his case. Um, I had an over in a diamondbacks game and Christian Walker made an error at the end of the game uh, for, I even forget the team who was facing. I think it was maybe the Phillies or it was someone else. Um, I, I don't even remember, but I know that Christian Walker made a, a timely error for those runs to score. Now, can I judge Christian Walker on that play yeah, and, and take yes. away his gold glove? No, but yeah, kind of. Yes. Like yes. you're a first baseman. You can't make timely errors like that, but at least in the outs above average category, he was great. I don't know how they quantify that for first baseman. I really don't. Um, but sure, Christian Walker led in every single number that you can ever imagine. So we'll give it to him. Even though if you put a gun to my head and said, who do, who would I rather have fielding first base? It would be Paul Goldschmidt, but he didn't lead in any of these fancy numbers that we have no idea what they mean. Um, but I, I feel like we should get in touch with our guy, Mike Petriello over at baseball savant. And we should say, Hey, would you mind consulting with Peter every night and seeing who cost him bets? And that should be on the leaderboard. Bets lost. Apple's model bets lost. Bets lost plus. <laughs> bets lost plus. <laughs> who I mean, what I individual is like list. is like a 20 bets lost plus? Oh, that's such a good question. Who just fucked you constantly? <sighs> Marlins outfielders on defense. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Who saved you constant? I know last year it was Jake Fraley. You loved Jake Fraley. 
love Jake Fraley. Um, well, Cal Quantrill, duh. Cal, if we're talking yeah, about Cal's got like a two hundred. That's lost. Yeah, plus. yeah, he's he's in first by like seven hundred yards. Um, so bets lost plus on the wrong side. Marlins outfielders, Brian De La Cruz, Jesus Sanchez. When I have Marlins unders and they drop fly balls, and then I'm also gonna give it to like Gavin Sheets. Oh yeah, for the White Sox sucking. Um, in terms of so I was on the Reds a lot at the end of the year, and um, Aristides Aquino made some phenomenal plays in right field. Um, I'd have to really think about that, but yeah, no time. off the top, yeah, no time, no time. No time. Let's keep going. <laughs> uh, tinfoil glove NL first base was RHYS Hoskins. Reese Hoskins was not good defensively at all, but it's okay because he has five homers and eleven ribbies in the postseason, and his team is going to the World Series. Yeah, I think Fair. Phillies fans could admit that he sucked. Uh, he would never get in front of a ball, backhanded everything. Yeah, uh, we saw it in the NLCS, right? Yeah. Um, all right, Anna or uh, AL. First base. Yeah, AL first base. The three finalists that were put out there were Minnesota's Luis Arise, Vladdy Jr., and Anthony Rizzo. Who do you like? I didn't like any of them. I gave it to Ryan Mountcastle. Uh, by the numbers, Notable Ryan image. Mountcastle was first in the American League of Defensive War. He was third in defensive run and saved and first in outs above average. Um Weirdly enough, when I was going through all these numbers, you know who kept coming up second was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Now, does that make any sense to you? Nope. Rizzo was a better defender than all of these guys, but by yeah. the numbers, he wasn't, which doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but we're by the numbers kind of podcast. Who do you think actually yes. wins it? Narrative-wise, do you think it's Rizzo that wins it? I think it's Rizzo that wins it. Yeah. Because um, it's a narrative award. The narrative award. He'll probably win it. I'd give it to Mountcastle, though, the Orioles. Fair. Uh, tinfoil glove is Nathaniel Lowe. He was so bad. So bad. I mean, by the numbers, just <laughs> he Horrible. was so bad. In every way you slice it, he was a terrible defensive first baseman, but he mashes. So he's always going to have a spot. Yeah, he deserves to play on the Rangers and is one of their best hitters and was one of the better left-handed hitters in the American League. But on defense, he sucked balls. <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny word to use on a baseball podcast uh it right. makes a lot of sense nl second base the three finalists were san diego's jake cronenworth um st louis's tommy edmond and colorado's brendan rogers all three of them really really talented you see a bunch of great plays from cronenworth tommy edmond is like the gold standard and this isn't the last time that we actually bring up tommy edmond on this podcast and then brendan rogers uh is great who wins it by the numbers, Brendan Rodgers of the Colorado Rockies should win this. He was the NL leader in defensive war, and he had 22 defensive runs saved, which led all second basemen. It was one of the best of all players in Major League Baseball. My eyes say Tommy Edmond, but the numbers say Brendan Rodgers. Maybe it is a, I haven't watched enough Colorado Rockies games, but I've taken enough overs in Coors Field to watch plenty of Rockies great games. And sometimes I want to turn it on just to watch some offense and see if Herman Marquez is really as bad as the numbers say, but Brendan Rogers wins it by the numbers, but by my eyes, I would give it to Tommy Edmond, but we're a numbers podcast and Brendan Rogers numbers were just too much. So he wins it. Yeah. So the tinfoil glove uh, at second base in the national league is Washington Cesar Hernandez. He was really bad, but let me just say, <laughs> 
Cesar Hernandez was 40th in all of baseball in at-bats. So do with that information what you will, okay? Okay. Uh, <laughs> AL second base, the king of defensive runs saved or outs above average? Was it outs above average? Uh, kind of all of it, right? Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, he, yeah, just keep going. <laughs> yeah, so it was, uh, it was Jonathan Scope with the Tigers, Andres Jimenez with the Guardians, and then Marcus Semien with the Rangers. There is one notable omission, I think. Santiago Espinal had a great year defensively at second base for Toronto, um, but I, I guess you just can't say no to the anomaly, right? Jonathan Scope is should win this going away based on the numbers. My eyes say Andres Jimenez. But when Jonathan Scope has double the defensive war over second place Andres Jimenez, and he's the overall leader in outs above average in Major League Baseball, he should win this going away. But if you put a gun in my head and said, who do I think is a better defender? I'm, I think Andres Jimenez. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because Jonathan Scope had the best defensive season in a long time. What is that? No, he didn't. I don't think he did. But maybe he did. So I just don't believe it. I understand. There, <laughs> there were two guys that were kind of equally terrible at second base defensively in the American League. Rugnet Odor was not Sorry. good, but I, the Orioles have enough defensive depth, um, infield depth, to uh, displace Rugnet Odor next year. Jose Altuve sneaky sucked. Yeah. Which is weird, but he's Jose Altuve, so he's immune to any noodle arm over there noodle arm he, cares. he plays second base i know he put all of it into his hips to hit home runs and run fast and like and then he forgot about his arm doesn't lift that's fine Running. i'll take it whatever yeah, he, he just finishes the fourth best overall hitter by wrc plus in major league baseball so i don't think he gave a shit about second base defense as much who would give yeah. a shit yeah. uh all right let's move to short this is the the king position here the three finalists that major league baseball put out we're San Diego's Hassan Kim. Congratulations to him. And uh, I love the conversation about moving Tatis to the outfield and allowing Hassan Kim to be the shortstop of the Padres because you could very well make the argument that Kim is one of the better defensive shortstops in all of baseball, and he hit enough to be in the lineup every day. But Hassan Kim is a finalist. The Marlins' Miguel Rojas is a finalist. Uh, and then Atlanta's Dansby Swanson. Before you name who you think should get it, I thought Nico Horner was exceptional. Watched a lot of Cubs games this year. And our guy, Mike Petriella, put together a great thread um, of Nico Horner in August, July or August, I want to say. And and he was finding the video of plays that graded exceptionally well using baseball savant. And I mean, there are just some innate plays that Nico Horner makes at shortstop that I don't really think many other guys in baseball can make so shout out nico horner he was not one of the three finalists but i think he will be a finalist in the years to come when we spoke to justin Steele, left-handed pitcher for the cubs he said that nico horner is the most underrated player in all of baseball and does everything on a baseball field that you want a player on your team to do nico horner definitely deserves i think nico horner had a better defensive year than hasyong kim but nobody had a better defensive year at shortstop in the National League than Dansby Swanson. He led all of shortstops and outs above average in defensive war, and he was third in defensive runs saved in the National League. Dansby Swanson went from a fine defender to the best in the National League in one year. Um, With that said, 
the numbers speak for themselves. Dansby Swanson deserves it. Um, but I also really want to shout out Miguel Rojas, who has been one of the better defenders in the National League for a while now and led in defensive runs saved, or at least I think he did. Yeah, because Dansby Swanson was third. He was first. Um, so he definitely deserves a lot of love. But Dansby Swanson should win this. Yeah, I, that guy's silky. We said we were going to use some buzzwords. Yeah, sick. Holy shit, Dan. Velvety. Shout out to Dansby. He's going to get his bag. Um, it, there was really no bad defensive shortstop in the National League. I mean, some numbers didn't like Brandon Crawford, but I'm not going to do that to Brandon Crawford. So I put non-applicable. I guess like Jose Iglesias was considered one of the worst, but He's he good. was just so good defensively with, with <laughs> Detroit and with the Red Sox that I, I can't do that to Jose Iglesias at this point. But uh, AL shortstop, again, like the guy that should win it was not one of the finalists. And the three finalists were... Jeremy Pena with the Astros, very deserving. Yes. Carlos Correa with the Twins, who won a platinum glove last year. I get it. And Xander Bogarts, who, yes, was much improved defensively at shortstop for the Boston Red Sox. That was what he needed to do in a quasi-contract year. And he did it really effectively. But they're missing not only Ahmed Rosario with the Guardians, but arguably the best defensive shortstop in baseball this year. Jorge Mateo. Should win the American League Gold Glove, but he won't because he's not a finalist, and it is just a travesty. Again, I mean, this Gold Glove finalist, all this is bullshit. <laughs> first, Jorge Mateo was first in defensive war in the American League, led American League in outs above average for shortstops, and he was second in defensive runs saved by only one to Jeremy Pena. If you gave Jeremy Pena the Gold Glove award, okay, he should win it because Carlos Correa was middle of the pack, and Xander Bogarts was above average. None of them were nearly as good as Jorge Mateo was this year, and none of them were nearly as good as Jeremy Pena. So I think the finalist should be between Pena and Mateo. I'd give the slight lean to Mateo, but if I hope Jeremy Pena wins it because if Correa or Bogarts wins it, it's a narrative it's just, award. We know it's, it's just more bullshit that shouldn't be true. I would love for financial purposes for Xander Bogarts to win the gold glove just because he would say, I'm a gold glove winning shortstop motherfucker. Give me my 200 mil. <laughs> I do kind of want him to win that now. So the Red Sox have to think to themselves, well, he won the gold glove. We have to give yeah, him 30 like, more a million. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Tinfoil glove in the American league was Boba Shed. It was just full blown bad defensively this year. Can't throw it over to first base. Drops Ouch. a bunch of balls. Man, can he hit though? He can hit. He can hit third base. Uh, maybe the best position just like overall in baseball. And we had that conversation. We just looked at war by position and third base was clearly the best position in baseball this year. Um, and I mean, you have three incredible guys and Manny Machado was left off the finalists, which is crazy, but he might have been the fourth best defensive third baseman in the National League this year because the three finalists were Nolan Arenado with the Cardinals, Ryan McMahon with the Rockies, who is leathery, and then Key Brian Hayes with the Pirates. Key Brian Hayes, we know, is so good defensively. Ryan McMahon forced Chris Bryant into a corner outfield spot when he signed that deal. Ryan McMahon's the third baseman of the foreseeable future, even with a loaded farm system for the Rockies. And Nolan Arenado is arguably the best defensive shortstop or the best defensive third baseman ever. But who wins it? Brian Hayes of the Pittsburgh Pirates wins it in my book. 
He led the NL in outs above average defensive run saved and defensive war at the third base position. Nolan Arenado will probably win it, but Cabrian Hayes in every defensive stat that you could find was better. I'd also like to point out that Ryan McMahon was one of the MLB leaders in errors, but rates really well in a lot of these defensive runs saved, outs above average, defensive war, UZR, all these different stats. McMahon rates really high. That's the problem here. With errors, though, I still think it's a gimmicky stat because errors, like if you get to more balls, you make more errors. The Tatis Um, effect. It's the Tatis effect. But so I don't really know how to. (laughs) I don't know. Brian Hayes, though, I think (laughs) maybe give it Arenado. Sure. I don't care. They're both awesome, but they both deserve it. Um. P. Wiz, Patrick Wisdom wins our tinfoil glove for they worst suck. defensive third baseman in the Talk National Talk about League. sucking balls. <laughs> <laughs> Can't really play defense, I guess. He strikes out all the time, but you know what? He hits 25 homers, so he's going to have a spot. <laughs> sure. Why not? Shout uh, out Patrick AL. Wisdom. What? I just said shout out Patrick Wisdom. <laughs> P. Wiz. Um, all right. AL third base. Matt Chapman of the Blue Jays. J-Ram and Ramona Rios uh, of the Orioles are your three finalists. Who wins? I'm going to give it to Ramona Rios. may not know him very well, uh, but he played a very, very, very good defensive third base for the Orioles. He led all third basemen in defensive runs saved. He was second in outs above average. Matt Chapman didn't have that great of a year defensively for the Blue Jays. I mean, he was still positive, but not great. Jose Ramirez, again, kind of the same thing, and I think Ramona Rios kind of runs away with this one. Um, I would give it to the Baltimore Oriole third baseman. Thought he killed it this year. Fair. Um, another guy in that division, Rafi Devers. Yes, improved from far and away the worst third baseman in baseball, but he's still one of the worst third basemen in baseball defensively. So um, we're getting better, and hopefully Rafi's not winning the tinfoil glove next year. He could have 70 errors a year. I wouldn't care. He no, hits, he, yeah. he hits nukes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're evaluating care. defense on this episode, which sucks. Sorry you have to <laughs> listen to us, but I hope you're enjoying it so far. Oh, uh, Before we get to the outfield, 15% off through the World Series using code OCTOBER15, all caps OCTOBER15 at JustBaseball.com for all your merch. You're wearing the uh, performance long sleeve I love the performance long sleeve. I think we're both wearing our just baseball rope hats. Um, I'm not wearing hat. a surf hat. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm wearing. I can't my find hat. my. I can't find my rope hat, dude. You might have. To I think it. I left it in California. Ooh, order another using code October 15 for 15 percent off your just baseball purchases. Look how we TD up there. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk left field. Cool. Uh, finalists in the National League from Major League Baseball were Ian Happ with the Cubs, David Peralta with the Diamondbacks. And then Christian Yelich with the Brewers. And and Yelich is just kind of the epitome of average outfield play. Yeah, I didn't think any of these guys were that good in left field, but I'm going to give it to Ian Happ. He led left fielders in defensive runs saved by so much. But David Peralta overall, I guess, had a fine defensive year. He's got a um, rocket of an arm. Yeah, now they're good, but like Christian Yelich is mid, at least defensively. Um, I'd give it to Ian Happ again, but if you told me you're giving it to David Peralta, sure, I don't care. <laughs> Schwarbo is the tinfoil glove winner. Kyle Schwarber. I mean, 46 bombs. 46 pumps. He hit a ball 120 miles an hour in the NLCS. Fuck it. Went don't care about 188 feet. <laughs> I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Um, 
American League left field. The the three finalists were Andrew Benintendi with the Royals, Stephen Kwan with the Guardians, King Kwan, and Brandon Marsh. Um, he is technically an American League finalist. Um, started with the Angels, obviously, and then went to Philly. So you got the wet guy in Brandon Marsh, and then you got Kwan and Benny. Who gets it? This is where the eye test meets the numbers equals no doubter. And that's Stephen Kwan of the Cleveland Guardians. Let an ounce above average, defensive run saved, and defensive war. He was so good out there. His routes are perfect. He has a good arm. I wouldn't say it's a great arm, but it's a good arm, and it's good enough in left field, and he can track down anything, anywhere, anytime. Stephen Kwan, even if he wasn't good at the plate, which he is, he would still be crazy valuable because he's such a good defender in left field. So as is very well noted on this podcast, I am a sucker for high floor college bats. My infatuation with Stephen Kwan started when he was a, a sophomore or junior at Oregon State. And what he did in front of Nick Madrigal in that lineup was exactly what he's doing now for the Cleveland Guardians and who thought that could translate. But what he also did was play an exceptional defensive center field. And you thought, holy shit, this little guy is at every single fly ball. That's Everyone. crazy. He is a good center fielder that you put in the left. And that's kind of the Jason Hayward thing, right? That's why Jason Hayward won so many gold gloves in right, because he was a good defensive center fielder that you put in right field. If you slap a center fielder in the corner, they're going to be excellent. And Miles Straw is one of the best center fielders in baseball defensively. That forced Quan into a corner and left is fine because Quan doesn't have the strongest arm. It's obvious he's a small guy. But what he does do is he gets great jumps and he is roadrunner, man. I mean, he gets to every single ball anywhere. Same thing with Mookie. Was his center fielder moved over to right field and became one of the best defensive right fielders that we've ever seen? Shit, Mookie's going to be a second baseman next year when Judge signs with the Dodgers. You see that? <laughs> Can we address that for a second? <laughs> sure. Shouldn't it be malpractice if the Dodgers aren't in on every big-time big free agent, as are the Yankees, as are the Mets? Like, if the Dodgers weren't going to be serious about Aaron Judge, like, no shit. No shit they are. I didn't feel anything from that headline. Of course they are. Yeah. It I would be it would be a bad job on Andrew Friedman if they weren't. So I, I think the Dodgers are going to be really in on Jose Quintana. You can you can quote me on that one. <laughs> they should be. He's awesome. <laughs> He's awesome. He's going to suck next year out of nowhere just because baseball's crazy. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, he was really good out of nowhere this year. So if he sucks, is it out of nowhere? Or is it? But he was really, really good before that. He's just. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on there. Um, also, real quick, Skip Schumacher named the, the new manager of the Miami Marlins. I'll allow Aram to like actually try and break that down. He said he's got no thoughts on it yet because obviously no. he hasn't managed a game. How can you have thoughts on it? <laughs> I just think it's awesome that we've got a manager in Major League Baseball who goes by Skip and has gone by Skip his whole life. The, the managers that were bad offensive players – Seem to translate it into success. I think Kevin Colby Cash, just texted Alex a, Cora a had a 73 WRC plus. Sucked. <laughs> That's fine. He's a good manager. He's a great manager. All right, let's continue. Um, What are we at now? Oh, tinfoil glove for AL left field, Andrew Vaughn. He was, 
The White Sox had two first basemen playing the corner outfield spots, and Vaughn yeah. was actually the worst defender in baseball by outs above average. What if what if they just put Jose Abreu in center with Vaughn and left and Sheets and right? If they re-sign Abreu, <laughs> I bet he plays right. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, NL center field. Three finalists here. San Diego's Trent Grisham, the Nats' Victor Robles, and Arizona's Alec Thomas. Three good picks, but the guy who should have fucking won it was not even a finalist. I, where was Michael Harris, dude? I guess he wasn't qualified. What? For something. I don't know. I agree with you. Um, so the winner is Trent Grisham for the San Diego Padres. He led an outs above average, and he was second in defensive war among National League center fielders. Um, yeah, I think Michael Harris should be up here. Um, but even if Michael Harris did qualify, I think Trent Grisham deserves some love. I thought he was a, so, so good again in center field. And it's, you know, it's been a while since, remember, he dropped that ball in right field in the World Series, or what was it, the World Series? No, was that, that, was, uh, that was the wild card game, was it not? What was that highlight? You know what I'm talking about, though, yeah, right? Yeah, it was Brewers-Nats in 2019. Yeah. yeah, so it wasn't the World Series, obviously, because they're both in the National League, but. I, think, I remember that. I think it was the wild card. It could have been the NLDS, but it might have been the wild card. Something. It was something. But, but he yeah. moved past it, and now he's Again, really good at center field. <laughs> Trent Grisham has had like he has had the weirdest career arc for like a 25 year old dude, 26 year old dude. Again, he you know rookie, really solid, but has that blunder in the NL wild card in 2019. Gets traded to San Diego, wins the, the Gold Glove in center for the Padres in 2020. Uh, he looks great. 2021, he's fine. This year, he's the worst qualified hitter in baseball. And then he has that great wild card series in NLDS. And then in the NLCS, he can't hit anything to the point where he's sack bunting in the ninth inning of an elimination game. Um, man, I mean, this guy's <laughs> career arc is so weird. Um, tinfoil glove? Tinfoil glove. Brian Reynolds was Sucked. really bad. But Gold he hits. He, oh, he, he hits. hits. He hit on a terrible team, so he's got a spot. Screw it. Brian Reynolds, sorry, man. You were not very good at center field this year. AL center field. AL center field, Cedric Mullins, Miles Straw, and Michael A. Taylor are your three finalists. Before you name a winner, Julio Rodriguez should get some love here because this was a corner outfielder that was literally asked in the viral call-up video from Scott Service, you feel comfortable in center? He said, yeah. He looked more than comfortable in center. He looks like a guy that can play a really good center field and arguably was one of the three best center fielders in the American League. Absolutely. But I'm going to give the American League gold glove from just baseball to Miles Straw of the Cleveland Guardians. He led in defensive war. He was second in defensive run saved, and he was second in outs above average. I do want to shout out Michael A. Taylor by the numbers. He looked great, and he's always been really good defensively. But Miles Straw, again, another eye test guy where he can run anything down. He has actually, a, I think, a very strong arm. He's, he's just arm. one of he's one of the best defenders in the sport, which makes sense why the Guardians keep putting him out there when he can't hit anything. Yeah, 100%. Straw, um, I think Straw's near the top in terms of arm strength, right, among yeah. outfielders. He's, um, he's he's up there with every number that you can find defensively. He is yeah. so good out there. Yeah. And it, like, when you watch, too, which I think is important. Like, we, I know the eye test is, like, one of those, like, you know, sayings that, you know, makes people cringe because, like, well, you can't watch every game. So you actually, I mean, the eye test is just your biased 
take of what you're watching, but hell yeah, I don't give a shit. I'm I watched and I think he's great. You're so, such there a you sheep, go. <laughs> you're such a sheep. Um, man. Okay, I'm looking at uh, arm strength right now. It was Nate Eaton that topped the leaderboards. How about that? O'Neill Cruz cool. was tenth. J Rod was fourteenth. Man, Jose yeah. Siri was sixteenth. That's sweet. Uh, <laughs> our our tinfoil glove. Uh, was Aaron Hicks. The Pickens were slim in, in center field in the American League, but but Hicks sucked. That's why Judge was playing a lot of center field. For some reason, the numbers are bad on Mike Trout too, but I'm not ever putting Mike Trout on a list that insinuates anything bad about him. So I'd much rather it be Aaron Hicks. Yeah, it is Aaron Hicks. <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> continue. NL Through right this. field. Yeah. Um, I, I want to get the tinfoil glove out of the way first. Like Nick Castellanos is one of the answers, but you could make the argument that another guy is the answer for the tinfoil glove. Your three finalists for NL right field were Mookie Betts, Dalton Varsho, and Juan Soto. And our tinfoil glove is going to Juan fucking Soto. How no. does this guy become a finalist for a gold glove? I have a panic attack each time I see him try and field a fly ball. That rainy game in Philly game five of the NLCS on Sunday, there were a couple of balls where he had to go to his right that my shoulders tensed up. I was like, this is dropping. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Terrifying out there. And he's a gold glove finalist. He has a good arm. That's it. That's his range sucks. He doesn't even look like he puts that much effort into right field. Like when he's running after balls, he's not on a full sprint. I I understand he's about to make $900 trillion. So you don't want to go all out and maybe hurt yourself going after a fly ball. But, oh, he's definitely preserving himself. He does not look like he gives it his all out there in right field. And I know he wasn't giving it his all out there in right field for Washington when he knew he was getting traded. And he's been up and down. He's had, I remember a couple of years ago, he had a horrible defensive year. Then he had a great defensive year. It's like, oh, wow, Juan Soto puts up a 180 WRC plus and he rates really well in the outfield. Like he's definitely one of the best players in baseball, maybe the best player in baseball. And then he came right back and was one of the worst defenders again. So in reality, it's like you really compare him to Jordan. Don't compare him to like Mookie because he's a bat guy. He's not a defender. He could be a DH one day. Remember, he's 23, and if he's not showing like that much athleticism in the outfield, then do you think as he ages, he's going to get better? Well, so what I would say Maybe. is I could also totally see this being like a Lamar Jackson progression. So Lamar Jackson, when he was at Louisville, won the Heisman Trophy his sophomore year, and Lamar is obviously as electrifying as they come. Personally, he's my favorite football player to watch maybe that I've ever watched. I love Lamar Jackson and Lamar, you know, after that Heisman year, there are questions, right? It's, Oh, is he too much of a runner? Is he going to get blown up in the NFL? His passing numbers were better the year after his Heisman year. And here we are in a contract year. Lamar Jackson is, you know, putting up at least through the first couple of weeks, arguably the best passing numbers that he ever has. That is a guy that is so supremely talented that he knows he's best when he's putting his focus on one thing. But if he does need to prove to people that he can do something else, he can do it. I feel like that's kind of Juan Soto, right? He's putting all of his eggs in the offensive basket. If he really felt like he needed to be a good defensive right fielder, he could He could show up to spring training and be a good defensive right fielder. Truly I think you're right. That. I think you're right. But at the same time, he hasn't. So, he hasn't. well, he was one year. That's why it's so weird. I don't know. He doesn't. I test. 
looks like he I sucks. <laughs> looks go. like he sucks. Okay. Like Who's your winner? But, but the winner is Mookie Betts. I mean, led to in defensive runs, saved outs above average in defensive war in the National League in right field. I mean, every year, year in and year out. That's why I say, and you can even see on the poster, the guy behind me, shout out Kyle Taylor Portraits on Instagram. Go Working search on a burly one for me right now. Working on a burly one. It's a little bit dark. Maybe I, okay. I can turn on my model ring light. Maybe you can see it even better. Oh, yeah. Oh, that just made it worse. All right. <laughs> but Mookie Betts, that's why I like to call Mookie Betts the best player in baseball sometimes. Is he better than Shohei, another poster behind me, or Canvas? Excuse me. It's art. Excuse me. Not a poster. Kyle Taylor doesn't do posters. He, he does makes canvases. He makes They're phenomenal. Um, so I mean, Shohei's the best player, but if we disqualify him because he's a freak, freakazoid, I like to call Mookie the best player because I feel like he's the most well-rounded player in our sport, year in, year out, best defender in right field once again. Incredible player. There we go. Okay, my tinfoil glove again is Juan Soto. Um, we we move to AL right field here, and the three finalists were Jackie Bradley with the Red Sox slash the Blue Jays. After he got DFA, uh, Max Kepler with the Twins, and then Kyle Tucker with the Astros, obviously. <laughs> Who's the winner? So by the numbers, Kyle Tucker should win it, and that's who we're going to give it to because if you want to make a statistical argument, that argument is in favor of Max Kepler on the Minnesota Twins. But I want to give it to Kyle Tucker. <laughs> I feel like he was the best defender in right field. And, you know, Max Kepler dealt with a little bit of injuries here and there, wasn't on the field as much. Like Kyle Tucker, I feel, was the best defender. But the statistics say that Max Kepler was. So there you go. I don't know. Uh, Kyle Tucker has made some plays in the yeah. postseason. I think he's I, great out there. Yeah, you know, it could be a little bit of recency bias. I don't think so. I think Kyle Tucker is a great defensive right fielder. But the White Sox are filling out the corners in the tinfoil glove department because Gavin Sheets was the worst defensive right fielder in the American League. Sucked. Two first basemen playing the corner <laughs> outfield spots. Can't believe that. And Ozzy Guillen might be managing them. <laughs> Gavin Sheets was on my shit list for a while because I had an under and threw like the first five innings on a White Sox game. And Gavin Sheets straight up dropped a fly ball to allow two runs to score. And I had like under four and a half or something. And then he came up in the bottom of that inning and hit a home run. Like I was like, good job, Gavin Sheets, for making up for your error that allowed you your play. a three run. <laughs> so he alone produced all of the runs in an under. He said, man, fuck Peter's unit. <laughs> Literally, fuck you. <laughs> um, all right, pitcher. This is a weird one. I have no idea how to like go about this, so we'll just roll with it. Um, the finalists for NL pitcher, Tyler Anderson, Corbin Burns, and Max Freed. I don't know. You looked at fan graphs and you chose somebody else. I chose Ray Suarez because he has nine defensive runs saved and he has four more than Tyler Anderson, who's in second place in the National League. But I feel like Max Freed should win it because he's really, really good, actually, at defense. I guess Ranger uh, Suarez, though. I mean, Ranger just threw out Trent Grisham on that sack bunt. <laughs> good point. Good point, right? I guess. Uh, that was in the rain. That was wet grass, too, that he was dealing with. <laughs> like, I wonder if wet grass ups your DRS. I don't pitcher. think it does. You don't think it does? Like I weather? don't think that gave him four defensive runs saved. You don't <laughs> know that for run. sure, though. 
I don't. You're right. I might as well get in touch with Mr. and Mrs. Fangraph. Um, Tinfoil glove. There's not much to work with here, but Carlos Rodon was really bad, according to DRS. So that's that sucks for Carlos. Maybe he gets docked a couple couple mil for that. Yeah, figure it out, Rodon. Maybe that's why um, some teams were worried about him when signing him as a free agent. It wasn't because of the arm troubles. It was no. because of the defensive run saved. Yeah. Are you going to be able to field a ground ball to your forehand? I mean, you're left-handed. Are you going to be able to get over to the third base side? No wonder the Yankees went for Tyone instead. Yeah, clearly. Speaking of Tyone, uh, great <laughs> transition there, Peter. Uh, the finalists for AL Pitcher Gold Glove were Jose Barrios, Shane Bieber, and Jamison Tyone. Part of me wants to give it to Jose Barrios so he has something positive to show for this year, but you did not do so. I gave it to Shane Bieber. Um, he led a defensive run save. I don't know. I <laughs> uh, Nick Pavetta was the worst in defensive run save. So that's the reasoning. Utility, though, I, I kind of... Wait, hold love... on. I will say, I didn't see Jameson Tyon make one good play all year at that, that pitcher. Maybe he did a couple that I missed or something. I didn't see anything. So my thought is, it's a defensive award, right? Isn't the ultimate defender the best pitcher so shouldn't the Cy Young winner just win the gold glove right wow galaxy brain moment wow right I want that I want that to sit with the audience for a second (laughs) yes the brain blast the Uh, brain blast okay utility in the National League and and these are a lot of guys that are a repeat Um, the AL that's not the case but um, Brendan Donovan and Tommy Edmond, both with the Cardinals uh, and Dalton Varsho are the options here. I understand voting for Dalton Varsho because he caught and he played the outfield. That's Incredible. so impressive. But if Tommy Edmond isn't going to win the gold glove at second, he should win a gold glove here. Yeah, he played great defensively at second base and great defensively at shortstop. So I'm going to give him the utility glove. I'd also like to shout out Mets fans because... You will not see a fan base fight for a player more than they'll fight for Jeff McNeil to get various insignificant awards. (laughs) I mean, you should see our guy, Ryan. It's like if Jeff McNeil doesn't win this, like the award should be thrown out the window. It's like, who gives a shit, dude? Damn right. Who gives a shit if he wins the utility gold glove Uh, award? Arbitration hearings give a shit. Arbitration does give a shit. Isn't he past arbitration? McNeil? 30? No, I think McNeil's still got some arbitration years right now. I'll tell really? You. Yeah. Is he 32 or something? 40? Hold on. Um, all right. I, I'm going to find out if Jack McNeil is, is is past arbitration, but the finalists for the AL Utility Gold Glove are DJ LeMayhew, Whit Merrifield, and Luis Renjifo. What'd you do there? I didn't give it to any of them. I gave it to Santiago Espinal. Nice. Because um, I was like, you know... Santiago Espinal had the best year defensively if we're looking at the numbers. You could give it to DJ LeMahieu, um, because he was great at third base. He was just great all around the diamond this year. Um, but I thought Santiago Espinal, if he played at short, third, second base, was really, really good. So I gave it to him on the Toronto Blue Jays. How about that? Okay. Um, Jeff McNeil does have two more years of arbitration. How old is he? 30. How? going to hit free agency as a 33 year old that sucks dude sorry <laughs> yeah, it sucks baseball's contract structure 
is terrible. Can we get that out there? I feel like we've said it before. Should we give Jeff McNeil the tinfoil utility for the just to no. screw Mets fans? No, that's so mean. So mean. I thought you no, were he was fan. really good. Yeah, I am a Mets fan. He was really good defensively, though, at second base. I know he was Mets fans. I know. I know he was. He was really good. Congrats on his defense at second. He's awesome, man. Um, all right. Tomorrow, going to be the three of us, and we're going to walk through – uh, our all MLB first team, which is going to be great. We're going to shout out the best guy at each position in baseball. And then the day after, we're going to preview the fucking World Series, which is going to be sick. Betting preview out now on oh, justbaseball.com. I wrote up everything. I got my World Series pick out in the open, my MVP pick. That you can listen to it on audio on Not Gambling Advice, or you can read the full article at justbaseball.com. Like Jack said, tomorrow, the all MLB team, and then the next day, or we aren't totally sure yet. We we'll might do out. World Series preview tomorrow, or but in the next two days, you will hear the for all MLB team and then the World Series preview, whatever order we do. But that's all coming to you on the Just Baseball Show. Again, make sure to use code October 15 when getting your Just Baseball merch in order to get 15% off. We are still running that promo with Manscaped. Yes. Um, treat yourself. Get your balls right. Why not? Balls right. Um, for all the defenders who, you know what? I'm not even going to make the joke. Use code <laughs> um, JB show in order to get 20% off on manscaped. Absolute no brainer. Um, let us know that they, you know, we sent you and use that code, get some free money. And uh, with that, thank you everybody. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.